Hey, good morning, everyone. It is 7 a.m. Well, good morning, good morning. John Henry Soto here. Welcome. It is February, February 3rd, 2021. It is 7 a.m. It is Wednesday. Uh, wait, Wednesday? Yeah, yesterday. All day yesterday, I thought it was Wednesday. This is what happens. And then the snowstorm kind of like, you know, I got a little snow, snow blindness, mental snow blindness on that. Um but yes, it is Wednesday. So hope everyone is having a nice morning out there, getting ready to uh, start your day. And if you are listening to me, I do appreciate you uh, taking the time to spend a few minutes. I go about 20, usually between 23 and 25, 26 minutes is the, the length of this. Try to keep it to, uh, to that. And um it's been going very well. I've been getting some nice positive feedback. I appreciate everyone. If you do enjoy what I'm doing, please, um, if you're on YouTube, subscribe to my channel, um, like this video and share it if you think somebody will find value on it. And also um, follow me on um, Instagram as well. I don't, I'm not live on Instagram now, but you can follow me there. It's just my name, John Henry Soto. Actually, my name, on all platforms, John Henry Soder, you can find me. And uh, I'd love to have you and to answer any questions you may have and um, and to start a friendship. I appreciate you all very much. Thank you. So today we're talking a little bit about um, now Safeguard. This is number 12. So, of course, uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, I am doing the precepts of this book which is called the way to happiness by l ron hubbard and there's 21 precepts it's not necessarily a religious book um it's not a religious book actually it's it's a book um of uh with 21 precepts on how to better live a better life and how to um just be happier right and so i've been following these uh precepts for uh a very very long time sometimes succeeding sometimes failing and it happens. Um, luckily, we're, you know, we're uh, aware enough to know. I think everybody kind of knows. I know. I know when I screw up. Um, and um, this today, we're up to number twelve on the twenty-one precepts. We're going all the way to twenty-one. Um, and then at that point, I'll figure out what I'm going to do. <laughs> I might do something. Maybe I'll start at six a.m. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but here we go. So I'm going to start reading. Now, today's uh, chapter is long. It's a long one. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, read set portions of it, and then we'll, then we'll discuss it. If anybody has any questions on that, or, or um, let me know. Also, if you are interested in your own copy of this, of this book, there's a smaller booklet that I will send you. Um, it's free. I'll send it to you. Just it, and it has all the precepts, and you can read them on your own. It's not a, a book like this one, uh, but it's a small booklet which has 
it's it's the same thing. It just has a little, some less writing, and I don't, I'm not even sure if it has less writing. I think it's the same thing. It's just can it's just made into small booklets that you can hand out. Um, but yeah, it, it has everything. So um, I will send it to you, and um, all you have to do is just email me at John Henry Soto protonmail.com and just put in the title uh the way to happiness booklet this way i know that it's coming it's regarding that all right so today's precept is called it's number 12 safeguard and improve your environment and i'm just going to read some portions of it here so number it's number 12-1 because there's a couple of sections on this one. First one is be of good appearance. It sometimes does not occur to some individuals that they do not that they do not have to spend their days looking at themselves, that they form part of the scenery and appearance of others. And some do not realize that they are judged by others on the basis of their appearance. Boy, that's so true. Huh? While Clothes can be expensive. Soap and other tools of self-care are not that hard to obtain. The techniques are sometimes difficult to dig up, but can be evolved. So then it goes, he's uh, going on about talking about society and society's, uh, um, well, I'll read this one little section here. It says, in some societies, when they are barbaric or become very degraded, it can be it can even be the fashion to be a public eyesore. Actually, it is a symptom of a lack of self-respect. So basically, look look good. You know, I wonder if that counts for my this thing. <laughs> I like it. But um, so uh, then he ends off this one section here with um, encourage people around you to look good by complimenting them when they do and even gently helping them with their problems when they don't. It could improve their self-regard and their moral as well. I guess that's a touchy subject, right, going on, telling somebody, um, yeah, that thing you have on, you kind of look, I don't know, it's not, you, you're making me very uncomfortable with that. <laughs> so it has to be very delicate, right? But I think if... Um, um, I mean, I usually try to wear things that not a lot of people wear. I don't. I'm not a a shopping guy. I don't like to go to to department stores, you know, and buy clothes. I like to go to a, a thrift stores and uh, you know shops that have things that you wouldn't normally find, you know, um, like this kind of sweater I found and this jacket. Jacket has no buttons, but I wear it all the time because it's just a cool jacket. A little short on the sleeves, but um, and then this hat that I got, which I really like this skull cap. Um, this actually I got from the church, but so there's a lot of different uh, uh, ways to go about to kind of look good, right? Um, and not that I look good now, I'm just I'm just reading here. I might have to look at myself in the mirror later on and be like, what am I going for here? Well, yesterday I looked up at photos of myself from the show, and uh, I looked like a really hip, cool priest, like a priest from like New York City in the village, you know, like from a really cool church. 
Anyway. All right. So number two, which is 12-2. Take care of your own area. When people mess up their own possessions and area, it can slop over into your own. When people seem to be incapable of caring for their own things in place, places, it is a symptom of their feelings that they don't really belong there and don't really own their own things. When young, uh, when young, the things they were given had to be uh, uh, had too many cautions and strings attached, or were taken away from them by brothers, sisters, or parents, and they possibly did not feel welcome. The possessions, the rooms, and workspaces, the vehicles of such people advertise that they are not really the property of anyone. Worse, or a sort of rage against possessions can sometimes be seen. Vandalism is a manifestation of it. The house or car nobody owns is soon ruined. Those who build and try to maintain low-income housing are often dismayed by the rapid rapidity that which with which can ruin set in which ruin can set in oh boy good morning uh sorry about that folks i'll give you that again those who build and try to maintain low income housing are often dismayed by the rapidity with which ruin can set in the poor by definition owned little or nothing harassed in various ways they also come to feel they do not belong but whether rich or poor and for whatever reason people do not take care of their possessions people who do not take care of their possessions and places can cause disorder to those about them i am sure you can think of such instances Ask such people what they really do own in life and if they really belong where they are and you will receive some surprising answers and help them a great deal too. All right, then he's, he's talking about organizing and the final on this section is to protect your own possessions and places, get others to take care of theirs. Excuse my reading, I'm... I'm so weird. I'm I'm a really good reader. I mean, uh, uh, you know, an out loud reader, basically. You know, through auditions and a lot of learning monologues and having to speak loud and having to speak in front of people and films and all that stuff. But when it's this early, for some reason, my mind, I need to get my brain a little bit more active. So. <clears throat> So let's try this one. There's number three, I believe. That's, this is the last one. It's about four pages long, but I'll read. Uh, I won't read all of this. <laughs> all right. So number twelve three. Again, if you're interested in reading these, uh, please email me at John Henry Soto at protonmail.com with the title "The Way to Happiness" booklet, and I will send you one free of charge. Um, just message me, okay? And this offer is good until uh, the end of Febrero, Febrero, February, the end of the month, because I'll, uh, I'll be done with all precepts by then. Okay, 
so let's uh, continue here. This one is 12-3, help take care of the planet. Here's an interesting one, huh? The idea that one has a share in the planet and that one can and should help care for it may seem very large and to some quite beyond reality. But today, what happens on the other side of the world, even so far away, can affect what happens in your own home. Recent discoveries by space probes to Venus have shown that their own world could be deteriorated to a point where it can no longer support life, and it possibly could happen in one's own lifetime. Cut down too many forests, foul too many rivers and seas, mess up the atmosphere, and we have had it. The surface temperatures can go roasting hot. The rain can turn to sulfuric acid, sulfuric acid. All living things could die. One can ask, even if that were true, what could I do about it? Well, even if one were simply to frown when people do things to mess up the planet, one would be doing something about it. Even if one only had the opinion that it was just not a good thing to wreck the planet and mentioned that opinion, one would be doing something about it. Care of the planet begins in one's own front yard. It extends through the area one travels to get to school or work. It covers such places as where one picnic, picnics or goes on vacation. The little which, the litter which messes up the terrain and water supply, the dead brush which ignites fire, these are things one needs not contribute to and which, in otherwise idle moments, one can do something about it. Planting a tree may seem little enough, but it is something. So here he's talking about a little bit about other countries. And um, here we go. There is no lack of technology, but technology and its applications cost money. Money is available when sensible economic policies, policies which do not penalize everyone, are followed. Such policies exist. There are many things one can do to help take care of the planet. They begin with the idea that one should. They progress with suggesting to others they should. Man has gotten up to a potential of destroying the planet. He must be pushed on up to the capability and actions of saving it. It is, after all, what we're standing on. <laughs> if others do not help safeguard and improve the environment, the way to happiness could have no roadbed to travel on at all. All right. So that is... Uh, Interesting that last one about taking care of the planet because you know we have this whole controversy about uh, you know global warming and uh, and what people are doing and we're gonna die in twelve years per uh, uh, AOC's uh, said we're gonna die in twelve years if we don't stop eating cows and and stop flying in airplanes. <coughs> Is that true? I don't know. Do I think we're going to die if we keep eating cows? Um, 
I mean, I wish we didn't have to eat cows. And we probably don't have to eat cows. Um, But um, I was a vegetarian for about three years and could easily do it again. I think I don't even know really why I stopped. I think I just, I'm one of those uh, guys that likes variety in life and likes to try things and likes to explore the the time that I have here on this uh, on in this lifetime here and um, but you know the whole not eating meat or the whole planet situation you know it's very controversial because a lot of it gets tied up into political stuff and then it's a political battle it's not necessary and it's a financial battle you know it's how much money is being put towards certain things that are not really going there and that's been proven also so it gets escalated, you know, per, um, um, you know, we were supposed to uh, uh, be gone already, basically, right? The world was supposed to be gone per, um, I forgot his name now. He wrote that he was vice president of the United States, Dan Quayle. Uh, Quayle, Dan Quayle, was that his name? Yeah. Um, per his book, you know, we were supposed to pretty much be done by now. Um I don't know. Did we change things that actually kept us here? AOC is saying now we have twelve years, and we shouldn't worry about money problems, or we shouldn't worry about about the economy, or we shouldn't worry about taking money away from from people that work and giving it to these causes. Um, I don't know. Is that accurate? Is that the right thing to do? Take somebody's money, whether they're rich or not. Um, every they're coming for everybody's money, right? Um, through taxes you know, highest taxes, uh, are are right around the corner. Um, so depending on where you live, obviously, right. New York and and California have the worst situation going, but, um, you know, when you're talking about the planet and you're talking about our responsibility, I think that's really the key thing. What's in the book here, um, is, you know, it starts in your own home. It starts taking care of your own things, and, you know, I have two kids and I try, you know, um, you buy them something and then they stop playing with it or they mistreat it or they treat it badly. You know, my my first reaction is to to say, hey, I bought you that, you know, don't break it, you know, or I'm going to take it away. You know, I don't do that um, um, because of this material that I've that I've had for 20 plus years of my life. So I already knew consciously that, okay, I'm not going to do that when I have kids. So I don't do that with them. But, you know, sometimes they are like, okay, if you, okay, break, you know. So then I just realized, I was like, yeah, I mean, if you want to break, you know, I just tell them, yeah. I mean, if you break it, you break it, right? It's yours, right? You can do whatever you want with it. And usually they're kind of like, oh, yeah. It's, why would I break this? You know, Um, you know, and I think that that makes it, sort of make them feel like, oh, yeah, this is mine. This isn't, you know, this isn't daddy's. Daddy didn't, didn't lend me this until I'm done with it. It's mine. I own this. And I think it's like that with uh, a lot of things with children, you know, um, but even adults, you know, even adults, especially, you know, we don't realize it, but, you know, when you go to work for someone and you get a, a position with, a res- with certain responsibilities, depending on the boss that you have, you might have a boss that's very in your face or uh, what do you call those bosses that uh, I haven't worked in an office in so long, but 
um they kind of like just really um ugh, what the hell is that called it's i'm forgetting things um they just get in your business a lot and they try to control they're control freaks right um and they're control freak managers right and um they're constantly um you know in your work and trying to find out what you're doing and um saying like well listen no you have to do it this way i hired you for this reason and you know and that becomes a little bit of a um you know really really a negative thing to work in an environment where you're not really given the chance to really blossom and to really do your own uh your own to really hold the position and have the position um it's it's a little like that also you know where, where you have that environment where you're not able to really operate or you're being made to feel like you don't own the job that they own you and they're just giving you a little bit of a piece of uh giving you a little bit of money to just take care of one thing but you want to do more you know i i remember <laughs> i remember working at a one of the health clubs that i worked in uh, many years ago and um i i knew that there was issues at the front desk and i knew there were issues i was operations manager for this facility and uh, i knew there were that there were problems there and i had had and have uh but at that point i had a lot of experience managing uh front desks and staff basically and um i thought to myself you know maybe i should go to the owner of the company the gym and ask her at the time you know if she needed any extra help or if she wanted me i wasn't asking for a raise i wasn't asking for any more more money i was literally saying i want to to help in other ways you know and uh i called a meeting with her and i sat down and i said you know i don't know if, you know i have a lot of experience in this area i said if you want and she kind of she just looked at me and she was like john just do your job that's all i asked just do your job and i was like okay i was like you know i was offering a little bit more love and a little bit more support but i was like yeah that's fine no problem so i did i just did my job um she lost the place had to sell it for like almost nothing a beautiful facility that could have thrived all with just a couple of tweaks positions too many jobs in there my position to be honest with you was not really needed operations manager should have been just a regular general manager one general manager one fitness person they had like two or three different fitness people for like a 16,000 square foot facility which is not needed you know um so they were bleeding money basically so these are some of the things that we you know me and, the, and another guy who was uh, the financial guy there were were trying to kind of help um but i remember really feeling like i didn't own my position like i was not i mean operations manager would help the company operate and um this kind of like safeguarding your environment it kind of when when he talks about you know how other people's messes can sort of like seep in on you um the management was was or the ownership was just a mess and didn't really seem to allow other people to really help them you know and the result was pretty obvious you know when you know when we felt when we heard the news we were like oh we knew that shortly after that new owners came in and they did what they were supposed to do they laid me off right off right off the bat um you know which was 
you know, I, I couldn't be even be angry because I kind of knew that that would happen. I was hoping that they would keep me on as a, as an, in another position, but they didn't. I got laid off. And, um, you know, they did the necessary things to salvage the place. They ended up losing it as well. And uh, it's really difficult to have a, a facility if you're not, if you're doing it for money. You know, if, if you're doing it because you want a business and you want to make a lot of money, um, then it's not really a good reason to get into the health club industry. I'm kind of veering off a little bit, but um, you, you need to have a real passion for it and you need to be there seven days a week if they're open that, um, you know, and make it your home basically and make the community know that you're there and get the community involved and have a lot of events invite have a lot of open houses and get involved with the mayor and the, the you know the, the the city as much as you possibly can with events so that's how you do it you know but anyway just to, to get back on track here so yes saving your you know safeguarding your environment um making sure that you look presentable you know um i don't know if what i have on is presentable to be honest with you but you know this is this is how I look, and I've been looking like this for quite some time. Um, but I do feel that there's a a certain judgment on how you look, you know. And and I sometimes I wear kind of funky hats when I'm outside, and I have been told in in other instances, "Can you take your hat off because we're going?" They're not not been just just because we're going inside, but we're going into an area that I might be judged in some way, and. Um, you know, that's sort of insulting, um, but I did it just because out of respect. So, you know, there's you have to kind of also keep your own style, but make sure that you're presentable, that you're washed, that you don't smell, those kind of obvious things. Um, in your environment, obviously, uh, make sure that you um, – let me just real quickly because I want to um, help take care of the planet, of course. Um, take care of your own area. So that's what I was trying to do at that job, you know, was trying to take care of my area because all everything else was bleeding into it. But, um, you know, take care of your own area, take care of yourself. Those things you can take responsibility for and also take care of the planet. You know, if you see litter around your own neighborhood, just grab a couple of gloves and just pick it up and throw it out. And it does really make a tremendous difference. People don't realize how much but it really, really does. Um, all right, folks, that's it. I went a little long. Um, I appreciate anyone that's uh, listening. Um, for anyone on the podcast, you can also catch this on uh, uh, Spotify and, and um, iTunes and all the other uh, uh, podcast uh, places. And thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you all tomorrow. Tomorrow's conversation is number 13, which is do not steal, which is another one of those obvious ones that you think, oh, yeah, well, I know that. But we're going to break it down a little bit to in some interesting sections. So um, we'll talk about that tomorrow. All right, folks, thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Um, stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, peace.